Welcome to Playback, a Variety podcast. I'm your host, Variety Awards editor Chris Tapley. On today's show, we bring back Variety senior VP Tim Gray for final Oscar predictions ahead of Hollywood's big night. A little bit later, I'll be talking to Get Out writer and director Jordan Peele. So stick around. Okay, here we are. We've got a couple of days left oh, it's for so the Oscars. Oh, it's so sad. I'll miss you guys. I, don't, I won't see you again until, what, August, September? They'll, they'll put us back in our holes. Yes. Yeah. Go hibernate for the next few months. I I'm, I'm, should say I'm here with uh, Janelle again as well, obviously, and uh, Tim Gray is back. I don't even need a last name. I'm, I'm <laughs> just Janelle. No, you're like Cher, uh, Rihanna. It's like, it's like one name is enough. And Tim was just talking to some foreign press. Uh, I'm curious what what are they what is their perspective on the Oscars, Tim? Well, well, actually, um, people this year always want to know about. Of course, they want to know who's going to win, and they want to know about Oscars so white about the diversity. And you know, I think it's it's a valid question after last year. But but I always feel like a little defensive for the people who were nominated this year. Mm -hmm. and I, and it, the truth of it is, if, if you see those movies, you wouldn't have to ask. I, you know. I, is, are they being nominated for for the sake of diversity? Because it's, I mean, you know, like Fences, those performances. Yep. It's like, mm -hmm. I mean, they'd be amazing any year. Breaking news from the Heartland: My parents loved Moonlight. Hmm. They finally really? saw it and they loved it. Yep. Well, uh, wasn't what was the review going around this weekend from the Times in London, where the uh, the critic was like, "Who is this movie for? Certainly not the the straight white males who will watch it." It was a pretty awful yeah. terrible Though that implied we only want to see movies about I would hate to see a movie about me Jesus it was, a, it was but then she ultimately came to oh the, is she oh how oh, sexist yeah. of me oh <laughs> she ultimately came to some point that like the, the black people would not be interested in this film and I was like what point are you trying to make she, is that the hill you want to die on? She's like the too. female Milo. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, the truth of it is, I, I, I will say, you know, journalists always try and see an, things from an angle that most sure. people wouldn't pick up on. Mm -hmm. So, and 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 this week, of course, you know, it's fashionable. If a movie got nominated, then there must be something wrong with it. So, so let me explain why. But yeah. I also feel like, you know, what? Calm down. I mean, she, it's, yeah, <laughs> she does have a point though, because I know only superheroes like to see Avengers movies. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. really not anybody else going. Going, going to those well regarding the uh you know the uh the sense of a meritocracy versus doing things for the oh, sake God, of diversity oh god he's busting out the big words i mean do you get the feeling that cheryl boon isaacs at the academy has acted like their initiative is what spawned these nominations because i people keep talking about cheryl's speech at the uh uh luncheon where she said, clearly progress has been made. But mm -hmm. I, when she said that, I didn't take that as, see, look at these nominees. Mm -hmm. I took right. it as, mm -hmm. we, we added 700 new voices and then over 200 or nearly 300 of them were international people and blah, 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 blah. So what is the vibe you've gotten, Tim, from the Academy on that score? Do you do you get a sense of back padding out of uh, self back padding? I mean, I find the Academy is so secretive. I mean, they, they they just have a culture of not talking about themselves. So so it's like they don't even pat themselves on the back. Mm -hmm. But I think I, when when all the diversity discussion happened last year, Cheryl Bonizzi made a couple of statements about look, we're going to set an example mm -hmm. because if you want the academy to reflect the industry as it is today, it's like it's going to be white males. Mm -hmm. But but she's saying look, we're we're going to diversify and maybe they'll 
pick up our cues. So I kind of think that's what they're congratulating themselves about. Don't you? Because well, yeah, I, I certainly can't imagine that you would expect that movies that were already in the pipeline, that were already filming, yeah, exactly. yeah. when last yeah. year's controversy. That happened to be great movies. That happened yeah. to be great yeah. anyway. That, yeah. they, that, they, that this reaction is somehow that. But. I can't blame them for, you know, taking an opportunity to pat themselves on the back a little bit, though. Yeah. No, I think... they I are think, making changes. I think that's okay, but I also think it's, it's kind of selling the other members short yes. by just saying, Agreed. oh, yeah, that's why Fences yeah. and Moonlight were nominated this year, because of these If 6, Fences and Moonlight had come out last year, yeah. they would have been nominated. No, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, and I think we wouldn't have had the Oscar So White discussion, but I'm glad mm-hmm. there was a discussion, because it, I, I do think people in the industry are thinking, hmm, Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe we have been a little insular in our thinking. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, predictions. Ooh. Let's give the people what they want. I've got a copy of our ballot in our magazine, which has Jimmy Kimmel on the cover. Yes, Kimmel, not Fallon. <laughs> you almost said Jimmy I Fallon. Paused, yeah. <laughs> I get them confused. Too many Jimmys in late Too night many TV. Jimmys. What do we think about him as the host, by the way? I'm so excited. I think he's a great host. I thought he did a great job with the Emmys, and I think he'll be just subversive enough and just... Uh, doesn't give an F enough that it'll be really fun. I, I, I love Jimmy Kimmel. I, yeah. for, for years, be, because he's with ABC, I had heard rumors that some people wanted him, but they, they feared he was too edgy for us. God forbid. And I thought, <laughs> that's exactly what Oscars need, is somebody a little edgy. Well, mm-hmm. but also, Seth uh, McFarlane. Well, well yeah, <laughs> but I was talking to Austrian TV, and I said, do you people know uh, Jimmy Kimmel? Because you right, know, his right. show is, and they said, yeah, through social media. Yeah. And I thought, oh, God, I, that, I mean, that's really interesting, because that would not have been the case 15 years years ago but they yeah. said you know he he and his people they'll post little clips and mm-hmm. stuff like that so people they don't watch his show because it's not available in austria but but they know him yeah he's a, i think he's a great choice i mean it, hugh jackman would, would always be my first yeah. choice but if you can't have him you know hugh jackman jimmy yeah. kimmel you're pretty much looking at the same i always thought kevin spacey would have been interesting but maybe not anymore mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, mm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get Janelle to roll her eyes for me. Uh, it hurts. It hurts so much. <laughs> let's make some predictions, people. All this right, is, this is going to be easy. Come on. Yeah. Sound, let's start with the sound categories. No. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you do that to me? Sound mixing. Got to be an easy call, right? What well, is La La Land? La La Land, right? Yeah, I think. Is that's, it? See, see, I, I was, I was thought it was Hacksaw Ridge. I'm predicting that in sound editing. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, I mean, because I kind of actually, it's, I kind of think one film is going to win in both categories, mm-hmm. but, but that, that might not be true. Um, but but La La Land or Hacksaw Ridge I for think. both for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I think I think it's uh, well. I'm going with La La for mixing. You are mm-hmm. too, right? Yes. And then uh, for sound editing, we're I'm I'm on Hacksaw for Same that. Same here, yeah. Because you know war film, all of that. But I hear what you're saying. I mean, they can't like so many of these people don't know what the difference between yeah. these categories yeah. is. Why are you so looking like, at me when you say that? <laughs> so like, you know, there's there's a tendency I could get into some geeky stats, but I won't. Um, oh please do! No, no, it's so no. hot. It's silly. <laughs> it's silly. Well, geeky stats about what? About well, just about how how the sound categories play out when there's like. Uh, you know, movies nominated in both categories. Like Slumdog Millionaire that year, both that and The Dark Knight were nominated in both categories. Mm-hmm. And The Dark Knight won sound editing, but Slumdog won sound mixing. And I think that's so they like... they do split. They do split, but okay. that's like the only time where like, like the movie that won sound mixing lost to another movie that was also nominated for sound mixing and sound editing. Does that make sense? 
Yeah. Sure. You, you told me to go yeah. there. No, no, no. I, I did, it. and I'm enjoying it. But I'm also curious. I mean, you know, I, part of the fun of Oscars and part of the frustration is that you never see the results. Mm-hmm. So out of like 6,000 voters, you know, I'd love to know how many people cast their ballots. And over the years, I've asked a lot of people, can, do you know the difference between sound editing and sound mixing? A lot of people said, oh, I'd, I never vote on that category. Yeah, people so skip them. I want to know if they really don't vote on yeah. it or if they just say, I love La La Land. Exactly. I'm, that's, sh- I'm sure the sound was great. That could absolutely happen. Yeah. It's a musical. Of course yeah. the sound was great. Yeah. I rarely call splits on these just because of what you say. It, t- it tends to be where they'll just, for both mm-hmm. of them, check, check. I think they should combine these categories. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the sound editors fought hard to have their mm-hmm. own category years but ago. But then the show would be shorter. <laughs> yeah. I just... Yeah. I I just think it's it's you know it, yeah it's a little ridiculous for one branch to have two categories but yeah. then you could say something about the actors if you wanted to so <laughs> visual effects that's an easy call right oh is it come on I, what? wait what would you th- i think it's jungle book yeah yeah, yeah okay it's the right. jungle book okay. yeah don't be scared to step up with your... I don't have a list in front of me. <laughs> well, but oh, I'm sorry. I thought, Chris, Chris, you're very intimidating You probably to a have lot these all here, memorized, here. and I'm not even sure what its competition is. Rogue One. Uh, yeah, it's going to be Jungle Book. The question there is, do actors feel, uh, you know, pushed out of the game with stuff like the effects work done in Rogue One? Maybe. I mean, you know? I... I think and I don't know but but I think actors feel threatened by motion capture yeah. but the idea of I could have played that panther uh, you know I, I, don't, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't think they go there so so I, I I don't I don't feel like Jungle Book is threatening to them. they made this movie downtown Los Angeles you it's know, amazing like, really like in a warehouse we had John Favreau on the show so yeah I think we all think Jungle Book for that film yeah. editing you have the list I do have the list it is Stall, stall, stall. Well, I'm I'm going to jump in and I'm going to guess Hacksaw Ridge on that one too. Really? really? Yeah, but it, but again, I I mean, it, you know, La La Land um, is a favorite. Oh, so here it is. So it's Arrival, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, La La Land, and Moonlight. I um I'm leaning towards Hacksaw Ridge as well. But but you know, I mean, seriously, La La Land could and also Arrival um you know, when when you look at cl- even clips from that, you know, mm-hmm. a 1 minute clip, you think, wow, this We've is- talked about that. The structure of Arrival is very dependent on the editing. Yes. I'm yeah. going with La La Land. I just Yeah. Which is interesting yeah. that Manchester by the Sea was not nominated in this category because again, the structure the of the film. structure. Yeah. Uh, have I have we talked about that on here? We I, have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um so you're both going with Hacksaw. That's interesting. It yeah. won the BAFTA award. I didn't see that coming. So, you know, if they like it enough, I could see yeah. that happening. It would be interesting if Hacksaw won film editing, sound editing, sound mixing. It would kind of make sense. Like the big war movie nominated for picture and director. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's down to Hacksaw or La La Land, and I'm just trying to be slightly subversive. Might not include La La Land in both the category. subversive, and I'm going with the same. <laughs> you, you are subversive without even trying. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm... A, Grown woman in pigtails. I mean, look at how subversive I am. <laughs> Makeup and hairstyling. Go with that. <laughs> Speaking of pigtails, so we have a man called Ove, Star Trek Beyond, and Suicide Squad. I'm calling Star Trek Beyond. Me too. Oh, uh, I was going to say Suicide Squad. Really? Then Suicide Squad would be an Oscar-winning movie. But see, because I think, you know, and now. I could be wrong, but I think <laughs> I think if all you have to do is look at photos from Suicide Squad. You know, and photos from Star Trek are often of Chris Pine or something. And and But it's like... If you, it's get, like, if you get a shot of, Chris, of Idris Elba, yes. though, I mean... He's well, like, yeah, exactly. I mean, look, all three of them. It's like, I, I feel like... What always happens with Oscars, everybody who is nominated deserves to be there. But there were a lot of people who also deserve to be there who weren't nominated. There's a wide variety of stuff on Suicide Squad, too, like the yeah. whole squad. You know, everybody has a very definitive yeah. look. Yeah. 
Killer Croc with uh, you know his whole mm-hmm. yeah. get up and yeah. obviously the Joker and you know I just gosh maybe I'm just angry at all the Harley Quinn inspired Halloween costumes I had to endure <laughs> that I can't give it up for the makeup and hairstyle. I think we all agree that the foreign film is probably not going to happen because who will have seen it outside of people voting in foreign film? Well, it's, right? not gonna, it's not going. Men called over. Oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 in that category. Yeah, yeah. I kind of, I kind of, I'm not sure enough people saw that. Um, Let's wake everybody up with some major categories. All right. Should we go to screenplay? Let's go to screenplays. Yeah. Original screenplay, uh, La La Land. Me too. Yeah. All right. Sold. Yeah. You, Unanimous. Did yeah. we talk you into it or you? that was your choice? Well, you, Most people are you? picking Manchester on that. Well, I, I'm not sure why. Has it won any precursors? It won the BAFTA, It won most right? of the yeah. critics' prizes. Yes. yes. Yeah. And I mean, look, Kenneth Lonergan yeah, is one of our BAFTA. greatest living writers. Yeah. Like, I, I get it, but... Um, yeah, I, and I wouldn't be surprised actually no, if Manchester I, it, did. It, it, and Lala and Metro, they both both lost the original at WGA, which is so crazy. To Moonlight, yeah, yeah and then which, Moonlight moved into adapted for the Oscars, really which is really messing up my pool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I would not. I would not be surprised if Manchester won. Um, and I know, like a lot of people, we've had this discussion. We, Chris and I, both think La La Land is a great script, mm-hmm, and yeah. we don't understand the complaints that say that's the weakest part. Um, but yeah, I, I think it wins. Let me also say, this is my, like, you know, if I had the balls to pick it, I would category. I feel like Hell or High Water mm-hmm. is a possibility mm-hmm. in original yeah. screenplay that people don't see coming. Yeah. I, I mean, but, but you know, again, it's it's a script that you, you notice, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. because I think La La Land, part of its virtue is that it looks effortless. It looks, it, you know, it yeah. just looks like it just... Happened, yeah, um, and um, and with with Hell or High Water and with with Manchester, you could tell somebody sat down. You and feel the this. technique, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you feel that, which, which you know. But I I think you're probably right on. Chris, I am finally letting go of Tom Hanks getting an Oscar nomination <laughs> okay. this year. I I think maybe you should let go of Hell or High Water. What? Winning anything this year? <laughs> I've never. What do you mean? Uh, you really think it could win original screenplay? Have I harped on that? I don't. I don't think no. I've harped on that. No, I'm just saying that. that no, is, I do. I think. I think that's a lurking thing. thing. Yeah, I yeah. Think I, because that movie has gone over well with like, let's say it, the older yeah. white male uh-huh. demographic in the Academy, and it's it's picking up, you know, best picture votes, and uh, I, I don't know. I just think it's something that's. Hey, I told y'all 13 Hours was going to be nominated for something. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, you know, well, never question you again. Moon, what about uh, adapted, adapted screenplay? Um, Moonlight, I, right? I am now convinced it'll be Moonlight since it won the WGA and original, although for a long time I was thinking Arrival and Lion and even Hidden Figures. Yeah, could sneak in there. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, you know, a, a lot of these are very strong categories, mm-hmm. but I, but I do think it's it's moonlight. Yeah, I mean, winning the WGA yeah. against La La Land in Manchester was a huge boon. Yeah, and and I'm thrilled. I'll be thrilled if it I wins. I think we all think Viola's winning supporting actress. I mean, is there even? Wouldn't I mean if I if you were the person who beat Viola, wouldn't you kind I of feel awful? I would stay in my seat. Yeah, I'd just be like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, I no, you know, I mean, there's always surprises with Oscars, so I think it's possible. But I'm, I'm telling you, if she I, had to have pissed somebody if, off. Yeah, <laughs> if, if I were betting money on the Oscars this yeah. year, that is the one category, the one win that I would bet money on. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, she's electric. You, you know, it's you know, she's you, also got the narrative. She's overdue. Yeah. 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 It seems as like it's been unquestioned all year. Like, yeah. oh yeah, Viola. Did you see Sam Jackson's rant about how that's not a supporting role? Yeah, well, he's not wrong. She would have won lead too, by the way. Okay, I'm convinced. I, I kind of think so too. <laughs> it, it would have been Denzel and Viola either way. 
Yeah, I but, think. Uh, let's talk about best actor, though. Do best you think actor? Denzel? I think it's Denzel. He won the SAG award. I'm, I'm confused. I think it's, I, you know, yeah. I, I've been, I was saying him even before um, the SAG award. Yeah, so yeah. were we. We thought it was a lock for the longest time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I drifted away just because Casey was yeah. so dominant in the critics. Well, but, I mean, you know. Casey is excellent. He could win best actor, mm. but I think going against what SAG picked is yeah. sort of. Foolish. I'm going with SAG in each category. I'm going with Me Emma too. Stone also. Are yeah. You? Yeah, Emma yeah. Stone. Um, I mean, who could even be Mahershala her at this point? Mahershala Ali. I'm sticking with Mahershala Ali, and mm-hmm. I'm really nervous. Yeah. You're nervous that, that – If he doesn't win, there's going to be some screaming coming from Culver City. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's probably the one I'm most invested in. Although, I mean, come on. That category yeah. is ama- – Dev Patel is amazing. Michael Shannon, Jeff Bridges, Lucas Hedges. These are all great actors, but I just – I'd know. love for Michael Shannon to win. That speech would be Oh, my God. It'd be amazing. On fire. It'd be amazing. But yeah. he'll have to wait a little while. He's just yeah, going to have to be content with his, continuously yes. surprising us with his nomination. <laughs> Michael Shannon will be just fine. He'll be, he'll be back in a year probably, and, and we can see his speech then. Cinematography. Uh, La La Land. Linus. Lena Sandgren. Sandgren. Yeah. yeah, I yeah, I think I think so too. Yeah. ASC went to Lion. Yes. But uh slightly surprising, but not terribly. Yeah. Um La La Land won the BAFTA. I'm picking La La Land. <laughs> Costume design. Costume design is Jackie, La La Land, Lion, Moonlight and Passengers. Wait, no, sorry. That's original score. <laughs> I was like, that's an interesting lineup. Yeah. I was like, wait, what just happened? That can't be right. It's Jackie, Florence Foster Jenkins, La La Land. Look uh, at you. I can't even find it. On, oh, here it is. Yeah. Allied. Allied Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Florence Beast. Foster Jenkins, Jackie, La La I'm kind of leaning towards Fantastic Beasts. Really? Yeah. Huh. I mean, look, I, I, I like daring uh, predictions, although I think it's La La Land. Um, you know, I mean, you know, the conventional wisdom says, oh, yeah, modern, very low key. Uh, mm-hmm. contemporary costumes never get. But you notice the costumes in there. Um, oh, yeah, they're great. You know, I mean, they're very Jackie. striking. Yeah. Really? Well, yeah, well, I th- well, Jackie, I mean, that's amazing work. I mean, It's a hard category. Yeah. There's not, like, obvious costume porn anywhere. Yeah. No. Florence uh, Foster Jenkins has some beautiful costumes, yeah. but they're you not remember at the them. forefront. I remember the main one at the end. You remember, like, the, the angel thing yeah. or something. But, yeah. like, I I think that's a lurking possibility, actually, but I'm going to go with Jackie. Yeah. I, mean, the best I think Jackie's thing about, a good choice. Yeah. The best thing about Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is the costumes. I'd say the production design, actually. Yeah. No, which I think has a possible shot at winning. Really? It won the BAFTA, um, although it lost its category at the art directors guild to passengers well here's the thing about production design and we have arrival fantastic beasts hail caesar la la land and passengers have david and sandy wasco ever won before no that's insane to me they're yeah. they're nominated this year for la la land they they did um we're all tenenbaums they do yeah. all of quentin tarantino's movies yeah. talk about over two yeah like i'm picking la la land for i that. am too I, yeah yeah, although I, I mean, I don't. Did you see Hail Caesar? Of course. I mean, that would be my personal choice. Yeah, I mean, it's so it, it's so amazing, it's awesome. and yeah. and you know, again, that that was done on a very limited budget. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Passengers is great too. Well, pa- yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I'm going with La La Land with Arrival, yeah. the spoiler. I think really? it's like a place where yeah. they could award it, and it does have like some iconic already. Yeah, design. that's true. Yeah. So, um, do you want to talk short we? films or? Have you guys seen the shorts? You no. know, I've only seen some of the animated uh, we'll ones. Yeah, we'll skip those. Then. Um, so directing. Directing. Is there any question? I don't think so. Damien Chazelle. Damien Chazelle, yeah. youngest winner ever. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, there's always upsets. There's Breaks always surprises, an 85-year but, I, record, but I think yeah. it's not going to be in the, in that category. What's the record? The youngest record. Oh, okay, yeah. so in 85 yeah. years. Um, yeah, I th- and so deserved. And then Best I Picture? Mean, La La Land. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with the uh, Oh, don't even with your independence. I knew it. I knew Oh, I got a... Yeah, la, la, la. Uh, did we miss anything? We here? did. We missed documentary feature. Documentary feature. Yes. Well, that's oh, an interesting category. That is an interesting yes, category. I am sticking with the thirteenth. I'm trusting people to do the right thing and recognize that OJ Made in America is not a movie. It's possible. I, I, I mean, but I mean, I will say, I, I think this has been an amazing year for documentaries. It's I mean, every year, no, those five are, are terrific. But there's also like another dozen that were really amazing that weren't nominated. Yeah. I kind of think you're right. I kind of think it's thirteenth. But um, I mean, I am not your Negro. Life animated, Fire at Sea. These are these are all really good. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't have the guts to be too. Uh, Adventurous here, so I'm going to go with OJ. OJ, yeah. You know what we forgot was foreign language film. And there's foreign film. I think, like I said, I think uh, Man Called Ova is going to be the I would sort of that. shocker there. I would. You love so that, you think actually. that's going to yeah, win? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just it's the most palatable of the nominees. It's uh, you know, it's charming. I, I think it's like I, I just was talking to somebody. I call it like the palatable Tony Erdman. Actually, mm. you know, it takes Tony yeah. Erdman an hour and a half to get going, right? Like. Man Called Ova is, is really hits its stride early and it's charming and, you know, the, it's a dark comedy and all of that. Yeah, I, no, it's I, a great movie, actually. It would be my personal pick, probably, but I think it's going to be The Salesman. Yeah. I on, mean, on, as a legit, like, this is what we think, I, or on yeah. a wave of protest? Um, I'm sure protest doesn't hurt, and the fact that the the title is out there yeah. because of the protests, but, I mean, you know. He's also a great filmmaker, and people genuinely do love that movie. So, what do you think, Sam? I mean, I I think it's it's salesman too, but but exactly for the same reasons you did. I think I think I think it's a a really good film, and I think people can vote for it with a clear conscience. But the topicality of it is like a little bonus. You know what? We skipped the music category. Yes, La La Land, La La Land, and both original score and song. song. Which song is the question? City of Stars. City yeah. of Stars, yeah. It's yeah, not it's the best be. of the two songs nominated. It's not the Audition best song is the, the best uh, of, the, of the two nominated, I think. Now, did you like Audition best of all the songs in the movie? No. No, Another Day of Sun is my favorite. Yeah. And the, the, I also the, like wait, um, no. the opening Somewhere in the Crowd is my favorite. Somewhere in the Crowd is a great song. That's the one yeah. that just goes on for like But I also like the John Legend Start a Fire song. Oh, yeah, no, yes. that's, that's a great song. That is so damn catchy, and I have been caught in my car singing along <laughs> to that. But, but see, I, I love the audition song. I mean, you know, I don't yeah. want to be a spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen the movie, but it's, it's you know, it's three it's quarters of the, yeah. of the the way through it. But I feel like that, that one song kind of sums up the whole movie. Yeah, that's, and, that's and, what yeah. the category no, should be as great, well. Although yeah. it's not something that you would expect to hear a lot of covers of in the, yeah. right. in the next 10 years. By the way, um, I don't know if you read my piece about the the anatomy of the song, but you know the song um, City of Stars, which re- was originally written for Emma Stone to sing, mm-hmm. and then they realized she had this big number at the end with Audition, and it mm-hmm. kind of took away from the power of it, and um, Sebastian, Ryan Gosling's character, really needed his own number, mm-hmm. so they sort of transferred it over mm-hmm. to him. Works and better with him. It does. And John it does. Legend will be performing both on the he show. He is? Yeah. Wait, he's performing Audition? Yeah. Oh, you missed that? No, yeah. Yeah, he's performing both. I, okay. It seems weird, right? Like Very I, weird. Uh, City of Stars, I can see him singing. Sure, sure that's Audition, great. Audition, like, yeah, I, mean, I can't I wait to see what he does with it, I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think, he's not going to sing the whole song, probably, right? Oh, you might be right, like, maybe he'll do yeah. part of that. I, I don't know. Do, do I don't a know what that is. Just, I kind of hope he does. I hope he does it a cappella. I, I think he'll sing the whole song. 
I, because I mean, why I would you just do a medley of those two? Because they're going to sing all of the others, I'm sure. Yeah. Are you? Because remember, was it last year? They no, no, no. This has been announced. Uh, well, yeah, Lynn manuel is going to some... sing the, uh, the, the Moana yeah. song. And what are the other two nominees? Oh, yeah. The, the, J- the Sting is going to sing his song. Yeah. And Timberlake is yeah. going to sing his song. No, some years they've done a medley of five songs all at once yes. and stuff like that. But um, They did the Dreamgirls medley of the three. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was so. a big controversy. Well, I don't know if it was that big. But a couple years ago when they didn't. Or was it last year when they did the last year when they when they when they cut the they cut two of them they cut yeah. uh, the song from Manta Ray just and it was strictly because they were not well known performers yeah. which is ridiculous because talk about a song that's like integral to the plot youth yeah, yeah. that that song yeah. was the movie I didn't like that movie but I thought the song was what the, the category s- yeah. should be exactly so. yeah. I think that's all of them, and we've yeah. gone long. Yeah, so, so oh, everyone's we, like, "Get it over!" No, with. people are dying to know our opinions. <laughs> yeah. um, so, what did we decide for for a song? Uh, City of Stars. I say City of Stars. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right. I think we're on the record for everything now. Okay. <laughs> I don't think we missed anything. <laughs> well, voting is closed, so nobody can be angry with us. True. I guess. Yeah. It's true. Oh wait, animated film, Zootopia. Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, obviously right. Yeah, yeah. going out on a limb with yeah, Zootopia. yeah. Should have been nominated. Kubo for won the BAFTA, which was fun. Yeah. Uh, so the show is Sunday, twenty sixth. Uh, any last thoughts? I mean, you know, we could talk about how political do we think the acceptance speeches are going to get, but that's a, that's a whole ninety I minute just hope, uh, podcast. I hope Jimmy presses the buttons. You oh, know, I'm like, sure he will. Yeah. Um, like my, more than he did at the Emmys. My like, prediction is he drops an f bomb. Really? Sure. Why not? Just one? Just one, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what else we have to say here. But yeah. uh, anyway, those are our predictions. Right. Enjoy the show. Thanks for coming on the show, Tim. Uh, congratulations to both of you for an <laughs> exhausting Oscar season. I mean, seriously, but <laughs> you guys us. did great work. Thank you so much. And, uh, oh, by the way, I should probably tell everyone who I'm about to talk to on the show, right? Uh, I'm so excited. Just so you know, this isn't like strictly an award season thing. This should make it clear that we're going to keep it going in the off season. I'm talking to Jordan Peele from uh, Get Out. Yes. Oh, my God. So exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. Did you see Get Out? No, I haven't seen you it both, yet. You're both seeing it soon, I I'm think. seeing it tonight, yes. I cannot wait. This movie has been eluding me, and I have been in love with it since the trailer. It's pretty twisted. But uh, anyway, stay tuned for Jordan right after this. Check. Do you have your deodorant? Check. Do you have your cozy clothes? Got that. What? Do they know I'm black? Should they? You might wanna, you know. Mom and Dad, my black boyfriend will be coming up this weekend. I just don't want you to be shocked, but he's a black man. <laughs> I ain't never seen you like this before, bro. Meeting families, taking road trips. Don't come back all bougie, man. Come back, get your damn pants up to your damn stomach. <laughs> <laughs> So you guys coming up from the city? Yeah, we're just heading up for the weekend. Can I see your license, please? He wasn't driving. I didn't ask who was driving. I asked to see his ID. You ready for this? I'm back in the beat. So look, I go do my research. Apparently, a whole bunch of brothers been missing in this suburb. But it's cool. Right? You're not scared of this, man. Can see no brother around here. Chris was just telling me how he felt much more comfortable with my being here. 
Get out. Sorry, man. Get out! Yo! Welcome back, everyone. I'm here with the writer and director of Get Out. You know him from Mad TV, Key and Peele, Jordan Peele. So, Thanks for coming on the show, man. Thank you, man. Really Thanks for having it. me. Uh, this movie is messed up, mm-hmm. <laughs> which that's is the right. reaction you want, I would imagine. That's what, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> We're going to talk about it deeply in a second. But uh, before, I want to talk about Sundance, because you went to Sundance with yeah. this movie and had the big kind of surprise unveiling and all of that. What was that like for you? Oh, that was surreal. I mean, it's such an honor. You know, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm such a, a film geek such a movie buff and you, you know you say you can't really you know when when, you, when you're dreaming of uh you know what it might be like if you get to make a movie you, you don't include like yeah you might get to go to sundance um it was cool it was a blizzard and it yeah, felt like big one this year. <laughs> i wasn't up there but i heard a lot uh, yeah, of stories i felt like scatman crothers <laughs> in the shining like trying to get to little danny torrance um he says that while he's wearing an overlook hotel I'm I'm hoodie right now. I, and, uh, yeah, I'm totally, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally encased in uh, uh, the sh- the shining sh- swag. What um, was what, did the? Did you feel the love up there? Was the because I, I wish I could have been there when I heard that it was going to screen. But uh, it, was a, it had to be a fun crowd for that. I did feel the love. You yeah. know, I've seen the movie several times in, in different theaters, and it, the, the most satisfying thing is like that. You know, everybody's kind of united with their reactions. Um, I think the scares get get jolts. The 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 laughs get laughs. The the cheers get cheers. Um, pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. And, and Sundance, you know, you could just feel that excitement in the air that they knew they were the first to get to see this movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I read something recently. Somebody said that <clears throat> writing comedy and writing horror are not too far afield because they exercise the same muscles. Uh, you know, like fear and insecurity mm-hmm. aren't too far from each other is kind of the point. Uh, I'm just curious if, if that's how you found it. I mean, obviously, this is a, a comedy horror film in, in its way, but it's, it, it has, you know, th- that's there's something to that, I feel like, the, yeah. the exercising the same kind of muscles with both forms. It, so it what do you think? It felt like the, the comedy education that I got, I've gotten in the last, you know, decade or so worked perfectly in this film. Um you know, I feel that both horror and, and laughter are uh, ways we we face our demons, way, ways that we deal with our fears of death in, in a way. Um, it's about tension, 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 and then release with a certain pinpoint precision. And um, you know, in, the, in 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 a way, the tension, 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 and release is kind of a, a a metaphor for life and death mm-hmm. in, in a way mm-hmm. you know we spend our whole lives fearing the the ultimate absurdity which is that th- this is <laughs> this is temporary you, you won't be here one day that's yeah. right that's right that's true uh I, I went to the you had the the kind of premiere in in la the la live screening you had uh, last week and you said beforehand that for you uh growing up race was like a nightmare was how you put it and you wanted to put this nightmare on the screen what it got me thinking was what was the chicken and the egg like did you want to make a movie with those themes in mind and then you kind of gravitated into a horror film or did you want to make a horror film and these are the themes that came up that you wanted to explore within that i wanted to make a horror film yeah i just you know i've 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 
I've had the this dream of being a director since I was since I was younger, being specifically a horror director. And um, you know, part of the process of figuring out what I, I I could bring to the genre that would be of any worth or anything I would be proud of, um, you know, I, I realized I'd, I've sort of done enough thinking about race, enough work in the comedy space about you know walking that line, how to deal with race in art, that I was kind of uniquely I- equipped to deal with it. Um, you know, I think you know. Yeah, not only is race a nightmare for me, you know, I think that the greater point is that, um, you know, race in this country is is a and in the world is this human demon. It it, it is a monster that we is in our DNA. And so I just felt like race was I realized it's if anyone was going to make a modern move, a horror movie about race, it should be me. Did you feel yourself like. Were you self-governing at all? Like, oh, that's too far. I need to pull back on that. Or did you just kind of let yourself go as far as you felt like you wanted to go? It's, it's, yeah, it's all self-governing, really. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's you, you ask yourself, it, uh, you know, a lot of questions, but ultimately, um, you know, you sort of realize you, you can't write a movie with the. Um, Taking in too too far into consideration how how the people will react to it, whether or not you can sell this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wrote this movie for myself um, to say, look, this is going to be a fun project to write. It is um, if I was to write a movie, my, my favorite movie that doesn't exist yet. What is that movie? And I just followed that um, fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of you know, it's how I imagine um, Tarantino works. It was, yeah. it was one of the great like, you know, you, you can just tell he's not making a movie for anyone else. Yeah, he's making the movie he wishes um, movie someone he wants made to see. for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you mentioned you were you were a horror film fan to begin with. Uh, you know, beyond obviously The Shining, I imagine. What what are some of your favorites? Uh, the, so you know, talking about them a lot, but Rosemary's Baby and The Stepford mm-hmm. Wives are just you know total classics mm-hmm. and and. and um, thrillers that are in, in a model that doesn't often get um, uh, visited because I think it's, it's it's tough to write movies like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Candyman. I love Nightmare on Elm Street. Candyman. Yeah. Awesome. But also like another one of the rare movies that, that terrified that, me. Yeah. Horrifying. <laughs> and it, and, and it t- you know, based on this amazing um, short story by Clive Barker, of course, <laughs> Um, the film version touched on race in a way mm-hmm. that was pretty novel to me. Um, we were in this era for a while where uh, the 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 monsters in horror movies were the main characters, mm-hmm. right? We were in this like Freddy, Jason, Mike Myers, this sequel thing, and so you know the opportunity to have a, a black monster was pretty revolutionary and still is. Tony Todd, right? Tony Todd. And then I remember, like a few years later, there was this movie, uh, Wishmaster, and like, yeah. didn't that have like all of them? Like Tony Todd was in it, and uh, the guy you that know, played Jason, I think, was in it. It was just this weird. I, th- I think it was that movie it had like yeah, a bunch I saw, of the guys. I saw that, that one in the theater. Um, Twas no Candyman, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> but, How about Leprechaun? Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, Aniston's first film. Um, you know, yeah, it, it was weird. It was a weird zone for horror and you know i think sort of opened up by you know f- well first psycho but then you know the um 
the stalker films of the late 70s mm-hmm. and, and early 80s opened up this idea that we as the audience could relate to the killer mm-hmm. in this weird way and, and that we, we'd sort of cheer the, you know, sort of hate the victims and, and very, very uh, al- kind of alarming uh, climate for horror for for a kid to grow up in. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, especially. Um, and, and very interesting that we we sort of as, as a you know you know when you see when you see the trends of horror movies take off or or connect um, it is because there's something in the zeitgeist that is is propelling that that need you know that that the the, the that 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 demon is something that we have to deal with so yeah very very interesting that that era of horror exists yeah. Uh, I wonder if you could kind of throw out like the log line here. I'm I'm scared too. I don't want to like it's a very spoilable movie. I very guess. spoilable. So so I'm sure you've perfected it by now. But let the people know what what the movie's about. Well, you know, it's based, it's 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 the horror version of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. It's a simple way to look at it. Mm-hmm. It um it is about a, an interracial couple that goes to meet um the white girlfriend's parents' house and goes to, and and it explores this sort of feeling of the alienation that the the that Chris the lead feels mm-hmm. um, of being the other mm-hmm. and uh as the movie goes on it, it inches towards this inevitable um finale that is uh darker than um anyone could have predicted which is why I said it's messed up yeah yeah <laughs> in a good way yeah uh, I'm curious you know we talked about these movies that you loved uh, how did they inspire you especially visually when you had visual ideas for the movie when you're working with your DP Toby Oliver and you're you're kind of coming up with ways to inform the visual storytelling like what what, what did you guys look at if anything like talk to me about that several things I mean certainly we looked at the the idyllic nature of the Stepford Wives and the, the beauty of the Overlook Hotel in Shining. Um, we looked at, uh, you know, Polanski's use of shadow and Rosemary's Baby. Um, you know, also something that was very important to me, and, and I think will continue to be in, in cinema, is the idea of depth. Um, it's, it's one of the great uh, illusions that a film can make, is that, you know, there's, there's depth to this screen. Mm-hmm. So... You know, there's a scene where Walter's running at Chris mm-hmm. uh, in, in the middle of the night, and there's a very visceral sort of reaction that the audience, I, th- I think, has. You sort of sink in your seat at this guy coming towards you, and that's, you know, that's of course like, you know, what, 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 what was it where they had the train? You know, one of the first uh, oh, the great train robbery. The great people train like robbery. reacted like they thought it was coming through the screen. It's a visceral yeah. thing. Also, you know, the the planes in, in, in the plane in North by Northwest. Um, you know, I I think it's important to take advantage of the the depth and how 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 deep uh, how uh, the illusion of seeing something far away in, in a movie. Yeah. Uh, was there ever a moment where you thought about playing the lead, or was it always something you wanted to direct? Only? You know, the people brought it up to me from time to time. It was it was always something I an idea I rejected. Um, first of all, because. You know, I don't. I just don't think I'm right for the the movie. Uh, for, I have too much of a comedic connotation, first of all. But I'm also I'm, I'm too old, and I'm not good enough. 
<laughs> as an actor. At least you're honest. Man. This guy, well, <laughs> you know, hey, it's if I could do what Daniel Kaluuya does in this film, I would be doing it. Yeah, he, he's fantastic. What brought you to him? Was he uh, high on the list? I guess. Yeah, he was. He was. He was. He was the highest on the list from the beginning, and he was. You know, his Black Mirror episode mm-hmm. was. Um, uh, just uh, amazing performance, and then seeing him in Sicario was great. Uh, you know, I, the search for for who Chris was, I think, began with a, a Skype with him. Um, and um, you know, my only my only doubt about casting him was that he was he's British American, and you know, it did feel important to me to um, you know represent a, a, a distinctly African American point of view. But after talking to him. Um, you know, he's opened my mind a little bit uh, on how, yes, we have a, you know, somewhat of a unique relationship to race in this country, but um, that the idea of race, the idea of the other, um, is a really universally human thing. And they have, you know, very, you know, parallel stories, um, civil rights uh, questions um, in England as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what's great about him, too, is he's. He's a great, like, reactor. Like, uh, you know, just how he'll give a look or, like, absorb information. When you're watching him absorb something that's going on around him, like, he's really good at that, I find. Oh, yeah. And that's that's crucial in this movie, obviously. So crucial. And because, you know, when he... You know, we get we get on the, the set and we're sort of realizing, you know, Daniel, his character doesn't have as many lines as you would expect a, a lead of a movie to, to have. He, mm-hmm. He's... You know he's put in this awkward position where um, you know he's he's at uh, his possibly his future in-laws' um, house, and so you know everything that goes on in his mind has to sort of happen in- internally, and um, and it does. He's so good at being in the moment, and we can sort of read um, read his face uh, in, in a way that allows each and every member of the audience to feel aligned with what's going, what, what he's dealing with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand your mom saw the movie. Oh, and, yeah. and I ask because you're biracial, your mom's mm-hmm. white, so I'm very curious what she thought of the film. Um, she, she loved it. She, yeah. um, you know, she, she, you know, gets it. And, and I'm, I'm, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm proud that everybody so far who's seen the movie seems to get it. Um, but you know, it's, you know, my mother, um, you know, she's, she's my number one fan. Um, it like like Kathy Bates in Misery. Like sometimes I'm literally <laughs> not allowed to leave uh, the house. No, um, yeah, she totally. She, Blink if you if you. She eats it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mommy dearest. She she ate it up. She she introduced me to horror to an extent, and she was one of the first people who, you know, I think when telling me about Rosemary's Baby. Um, Younger, as in the, it was a you know phenomenon. Uh, it was a book phenomenon um, as a novel um, before it was uh, a uh, a film. Uh, and uh, you know, she was telling me, you know, it has it, it captures some quality that she related to about you know when she was pregnant with me, mm-hmm. where there are these feelings of um, insecurity, um, paranoia. Um, or perceived paranoia or doubt. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I that, that that meant something um, very powerful. Something I just remember as a kid mm-hmm. that you can capture um, 
a you can capture a, a feeling you can c- capture uh an identity and a uh a a, a person's true fears mm-hmm. um that they feel like maybe only they have mm-hmm. um with a with a film yeah definitely I had uh, Kenneth Lonergan in here last week on the show talking about Manchester by the Sea. Cool. And he... That explains why you're not phased by my celebrity at all. <laughs> you're just very cool as a cucumber. You, you're dealing with... I'm hiding it. I'm hiding You're dealing with down, big Jordan. deals over here. <laughs> no, um, no, he's, no, He's amazing, yeah. It, it, well, he was telling me that he, you know, he wrote Manchester not expecting to direct it, uh, and then over time he came to, to be the director. So he found that he had written himself into a number of corners <clears throat> as a director. Uh, now he had to solve problems that he didn't expect to have to solve. I'm just curious if if you discovered that kind of a thing. Like when you wrote the the script, did you find that you had written yourself into like some tricky scenarios that you suddenly had to figure out as a director on the set? Anything come to mind like that? Yeah, maybe uh, maybe slightly. You know, I, I did have a similar experience where I wrote the movie. I didn't think anyone was going to make the movie, um, and then when it was when it was begun when i when i had or i had come up with the idea and then you know it was it was bought off of a pitch i started writing it halfway through the script i realized i was the guy who needed to direct this movie um by the time we shot you know i i had it pretty worked out but it's it it is a movie that really any any wrong choice any wrong um piece of the narrative can, risks either giving something away or frustrating the audience because because of the um the the you know we we want the the lead character to be as smart and observant as we feel like we are, we would be in this situation mm-hmm. so a lot of um the cleanup work was you know based on okay how do how do i keep us um, trusting that we're in good hands with this protagonist, mm-hmm. um, and that 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 um, you know that that contained a little tweaking on you know of, of all the characters occasionally, constantly having my mind on that. Yeah, and I'm sure the answer to this question is numerous things, but uh, is there anything specific that stands out that you learned on this first go at it that you know you're going to cling to going forward with future projects? Yeah, I mean, there's a ton. I, I learned so much. I, I learned that um, any any problem that arises is an opportunity to make a really great decision. Um, so when 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 uh, when those problems arise, cherish them, worship them. Well, you know, look at what um, Spielberg did with Jaws. Right, the shark didn't work, mm-hmm. and so he ended up making the best movie of all time mm-hmm. because of that. Um, uh, so there's that. Um, and, uh, yeah, just a, a general sense of it's, it's at the end of the day, it's a, it, it's a collaborative process, but it's got to rise and fall on your vision. And, um, you can't, you can't, um, uh, make any sort of conceit that you'll regret for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And a big part of this equation, obviously, is Bloomhouse. Those guys have yeah. figured something out because they're they're crushing it. Uh, Absolutely. Wh- what were they like as partners on this? And and uh, you know, was there was was did Jason? You know, did did they teach you something as well as throughout the the whole 
situation. Yeah, I mean, Blumhouse was a perfect um, producer for this movie for many reasons. First and foremost, um, you know, they've created a model that allows, you know, untapped voices and perspectives like myself to make the movie we want to make. And so, you know, within that, you know, there's there's a protection there um, because it is, uh, you know, that that's just that's just how they work. And then, um, you know, there's also just a great advantage to having someone like Jason in your corner because he is he he's a character. He has an infectious energy. I was just gonna say that guy's got a lot of energy. Like I'm <laughs> he's jealous. Got, yeah, <laughs> and energy. It's, yeah, it's and if you meet him, it's it's no secret why he it's. It, it, was, it's no secret, no mistake, why he has, uh, you know, created this absolutely massively successful empire. Because um, he he's a he's just a force of nature. Yeah, he, he's a he's a, he's a moving train, and um, he's, he's one that it, it's it uh, it's good to be in the caboose of. Yeah, that doesn't sound. That's an interesting way to right put it, Jordan. When I, <laughs> Frame it, phrase it like that, but you know, and me- metaphorically, I get it. I get it. Good to be in Jason Bloom's caboose. No, let's just <laughs> don't paraphrase. We'll just we'll we'll we, you you can delete stuff from this, right? Yeah, but I'm keeping that. Um. <laughs> uh, what do you want to do going forward as a director? Do you are, do you want to stay in the genre? Do you want to move out? Do other things? Like what what kind of stuff do you have on deck? I want to stay in the genre. The genre. Nice. I've got, um, you know, while I was developing this movie, I was also simultaneously developing four other projects that I, I, I call social thrillers. Um, each one is meant to uh, deal with a different human demon, mm-hmm. um, a different uh, uh, monster that sort of lurks underneath the way we interact with one another as, as human beings. So, um, yeah, so I, I hope to uh, soon direct uh, a, another one of these social thrillers. It, it's not going to be about race. It'll be about something else, but um, it's going to be very uh, cinematic and fun. Cool. Sociopolitical stuff, though, is kind of top of mind, though. Is, is kind of I just feel like the, you know, you... To to come up with uh, the, the 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 perfect monster for a horror movie, um, we really need to look no further than the monster that is all of us. Yeah, um, you know, not not so much an, an, an individual psycho killer, but um, the the humanity that gets lost between us. Yeah, which brings me to this and the last question. Uh, you know, kind of going back to the theme of race, but you know, broader as well. Not to belabor this particular point, but we have, I think, an objectively bigoted chief executive right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, just curious, like, what do you think the role of – I was going to say comedy because, you know, I came to com- I came to Key and Peele late in the game. Like, I think I started watching it a couple of months before you announced that it was going to be finished, which was a bummer, man. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, you guys did some important stuff in the sociopolitical realm with that show. So what do you think the importance of art, of comedy, of, you know, what you, what you do is going to be underneath this particular regime, if you will? Well, I think it's extremely important. I think, I think um, art, I feel like comedy, horror, um, the art of, of storytelling uh, really are – such key uh, pieces of, of 
the conversation and um you know the conversation as a as an as a concept is is really it's all we have to combat the the real life horrors mm-hmm. of of violence and of um neglect and how we treat each other so i i just think that you can't you can't um overstate um how how important comedy and, and story and and horror are yeah do you miss key and peel yeah i miss key and peel i do you miss you know, playing obama well, no, I'll, I'll whip that out anytime someone asks for it. So, no, clearly, I'm shameless. Um, I miss I miss Obama in the White House. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, you know, Keegan and I, we we we're, we're bi coastal right now. So, you know, I feel like I got my brother in New York, and I'm here in LA. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we will connect again. Awesome. We'll look forward to that. And uh, maybe you could do like a funnier die thing with Obama on vacation when all this shit's been going on. <laughs> hey, you know, let me t- let me tell you something about Obama on, on, on vacation. Um, I, I I need to get away from this mess. All right, y'all y'all done messed up. I'm I'm gonna go parasailing. I'm gonna get on a jet ski and just go to the Bermuda Triangle. Hopefully, uh, end up finding a Stargate. <laughs> end up on another planet. Is this y'all? Y'all done messed up. I don't think anybody blames them either. Yeah. Well, the movie's Get Out. Go see it. Comes out tomorrow. It's a nice, uh, you know, two weeks later Valentine's Day That's kind right. of thing. Yeah. If you forgot to take your take your loved significant one other out out and check out Jordan's movie. Jordan, thanks for coming on the show, hey, man. I really appreciate you, man. it. Right on. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe and check back next week when I'll be talking to Logan director James Mangold. You've been listening to Playback at Variety. Variety.